Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven rounds of heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Al Bubba Baker is now the single-season sack record holder thanks to Pro Football Reference. Shame on you, Michael Strahan. Is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the Big 12 employee in charge of eradicating all this horns-down nonsense. And with me, as always, is AJ. Use your NIAL deals to feed your linemen for free, Marchese. I totally forgot to look at the uh, updated st- sacks. How many sacks did he have in a season? His rookie year, he had 23. Wow, congratulations. He... So he played seven in seventy eight, seventy nine, and eighty. Obviously, the sacks were unofficial. They calculated, and he had like fifty six in his first three years. Like he's like Hall of Fame stat numbers, but because the sack stat wasn't uh, official until eighty two, he's just like not in the Hall of Fame. I find it weird that sacks took so long. I'm obviously like, I saw oh, it one, is super weird. Like they, Deacon Jones led the led the league in sacks like five times now, which I mean we already knew. They should go back and fix it all, I think. Because, like, it actually impacts Bubba Baker's career. Yeah. Anyway, today we're continuing our 2022 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with the AAC, hashtag Power 6. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, seven, seven. With my lady driving out to Vegas, baby, looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wage your future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Well, hockey season is long over. Tampa did mess up the Stanley Cup. And I can tell you, AJ was and will be again on Spotify Green Room to talk about how disrespectful it is. Ain't that right, AJ? Yeah, damn straight, Rob. If you're going to win the cup, you got to show respect to it. Act like you've been there before, even though they have. Uh, the city of Tampa and their trophies, what are they doing down there? Lord Stanley's rolling in his grave. But if he was alive, he'd be tuning in to Spotify Green Room because it's live, audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to all kinds of people in sports media, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates about the Stanley Cup being dented, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group. Follow people like AJ who are breaking down the dented Stanley Cup. Or other people who are breaking down other broken awards, like me uh, when I break down the Mayo, um, the Mayo Bowl, broken Mayo Bowl award, but how they fixed it and made it better. Uh, so yeah, download Spotify Green Room and listen to all your favorite people. Um, more importantly, we're in America's conference now, AJ. It's real. We're into the Power Six. Do you, okay, we got America's team as the Cowboys. This is America's conference, right? It's got to be. It's main. It, so, it has to be. Who is America's American team? American Athletic Conference. Who's America's team 
for call it triple. It has to be from someone from the AAC. It's Tulsa. It's always been Tulsa. Tulsa. I was going to say the hundred percent the same thing. Tulsa Golden. They're right in the middle of the country almost. They're, they're Who close doesn't to Dallas. love Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, I do. I know that. It's my favorite state. I, I've been to all the places. I've been to Tulsa. I've been to Norman. I've been to Stillwater. Yep. The big three. <laughs> uh, fuck. I can't even name another Oklahoma City. God damn it. Oklahoma City. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> that's my Mount Rushmore for Oklahoma towns. Okay. Um, AAC. So we're, we're finally into a conference with enough club to do it on its own. Um, I honestly... Didn't didn't think it was um, power power five level and and for that reason in terms of talent and for that reason I'm gonna keep them in the group of five no more power six <gasps> um, what the fuck sorry AJ unless we're talking fun belt I think the fun belt's better than the AAC I said it uh, Come but on. lots of Cincinnati people um, but I okay I think my my, my initial take is. Um, I was disappointed with the quarterbacks. I didn't come away with any draftables. Uh, I don't. I, I think two guys were clear cut above the rest, and Dylan Gabriel and Desmond Ritter. Yeah. But I, I didn't have a draftable on either. I, I have a draftable on Desmond Ritter. Okay, I I have him behind Gabriel too. Okay, uh, let's talk about Desmond Ritter. Then that's a good a place to start as any. What is wrong with Desmond Ritter to you? His deep accuracy, like I, he missed on so many deep balls. He just he lacks deep ball placement. His touch is off. Um, I think he he breaks down mechanically under pressure. Forces a lot of balls. Like physically, like he has all the arm talent in the world. He's a fantastic runner. He's built well. Mm-hmm. Like I think the tools are there for him to be a draftable quarterback. I just don't see it right now because of the accuracy that was a big big worry for me um yeah i don't know i i i was shocked like against army he i he must have missed like seven deep well he balls respects where the, the, troops, the receiver right? had a step yeah apparently but yeah so i, I don't know i was just kind of disappointed in him because we've seen some talk we like he is the probably the most hyped up um player in the aac to be honest and uh, yeah, I don't know. I like we've there's been some people talking about him as a potential first round guy, and I just I, I think that's so far off. Yeah, like especially I, coming off shows yeah. where we talked about Malik Willis and Carson Strong, and then you get to Desmond Ritter, and to me, like Malik Willis and Carson Strong are just so much better. Yeah, like I, so I, I this is really the first time I dug into Ritter's tape. Um, last year, I think on the show we we talked about like. I see a chance for Ritter to to potentially become a first-round pick in the future just from watching a lot of Cincy games live. Um, after watching this, I, I think he's a day-three guy. Um, I do think like he can be a really high-end backup in the NFL. Um, I think there's developmental starter traits. Like you said, the arm is really good. Uh, his movement skills are great. He's a really good runner. Um, just in general, even, I feel like he's, he's pretty good in the pocket. He just finds his space. Definitely agree that I think the footwork needs work. Um, he isn't super accurate. It's not just the longer stuff, too. Um, lots of his throws just come out kind of a bit high, but, like, like not crazy high, but just a little high, and not a lot of, like, just super well-placed balls. Um, in the offense, I think there's a lot of first rethrows, just quick throws. But I yes. think I think he does that all well. And, that, like I said, the, the velocity is there, the arm strength is there, uh, the movement skills is there. I, I don't think he's... Like because like I don't think he's on the path to becoming a first round pick, um. But I think the tools are there. Um. If he if he's a day two pick, I wouldn't be shocked. But I I don't think he's there yet. I definitely think he's gonna get drafted though. Uh, all the all the talents there, and I, I do like the way he kind of just like he he manages the game well, and he's a good quarterback, and he's he's perfect for Cincinnati. He just um I agree. It was like I don't want to say I was disappointed, um. But a little bit because I I've, I've I just loved him watching him the last three years in Cincinnati. You know what I mean? So a, a little bit disappointed. Like everything is there again. Coming back to the physical tools, everything is there for him if he if he does take a leap specifically with more being more consistent on the deep ball. Yeah. 
um, and, and tightening up his, his mechanics and his footwork. That like all the all the pieces are there for him to be a day three guy. I just don't think he's there yet. Um, in terms of, I like his rushing ability is really what makes him. Mm-hmm. And and I don't. I just think there's there's a lot he's leaving out there on the field. I mean, and it doesn't end up mattering a lot of the time because Cincinnati is overpowering a lot of the teams they're playing. But I I don't know. I think. Like the the D, I was blown away by how many deep balls he misses. Um, on the other hand, with Dylan Gabriel, you get a guy who is undersized, um, and, and his his throwing motion is long and wide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that affects his short accuracy, but I think his deep accuracy is better than Ritter's. I don't think it's amazing. Like he um. Against Georgia Tech, he missed a couple deep balls, but mm-hmm. he uh, he was on, on par on a couple as well. He 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 seems to be pretty aggressive uh, as a downfield passer, um, but I just don't I don't think overall between the size and the mechanics, and he has a tendency to force some balls into yeah. in tight air coverage. I don't think like I don't even ex- like I don't expect him to come out after this year either. No, I agree with you. I was I was a little disappointed by Gabriel too. Um, the arm is there for sure. The arm is there. Um, also, you know, you throw in that he's a lefty with a, with a wonky mechanics. Um, I don't know how to put this. He's six foot one eighty six. He's a small guy, but the lower body feels like he's a bigger guy. I don't know why. Like he can move, but like in the pocket, he, he feels heavy footed to me. Which just I, I don't know if, if that's just me, but I, it, it was a strange experience watching a guy of his size that feels heavy footed. Usually, you know, they can move around pretty well. Um, but, like, it's not like he's slow either. It's just kind of a, a weird thing. I thought his feet just were a little heavy, and he wasn't navigating the pocket all too well. And, yeah, the the, the deep throws are there. Um, inaccurate, too. Uh, like, uh, I, 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 I can see where you're coming from with better than Ritter, but uh, not super consistent there, too. But I, I do, like, I think he can, there's a path to him being drafted because of the arm talent. I think, especially the, the accuracy thing, um, It'll show up a lot on, on some timing throws, yeah. and I think that comes down to his mechanics with that kind of that long sh- uh, stroke. Yeah. It kind of, le- again, on the timing throws, it kind of leads to inaccuracies on those short to medium throws. Um, I, I think he's a little better on the deep ball, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think right now either of them, again, it's super early, but neither of them look like guys I would say are guaranteed to be drafted, though... I do think Ritter has a, 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 a clear path to it happening. Just I, if the draft were today, I don't think he's a, a guy I'm loving. If the draft were today, I think he's a day three pick. Um, yes, I mean, the NFL, I, I would bet on his, again, on his tools over uh, some of these other quarterbacks in this class who just don't have the physical tools. Um, Holden Allers from East Carolina, he's a guy who... I've seen talk about. I don't. I don't know. I don't see it. He's another guy similar to Gabriel. Has a. I don't know. He throws. His throwing motion kind of reminded me of maybe a cleaner Tim Tebow. It just doesn't look natural. The way yeah. he grips the ball and throws the ball, it just doesn't look natural. He's got a big arm and he moves pretty well for a big guy. Um, but I thought his footwork was atrocious and his mechanics were bad and he forced a lot of balls into into traffic. Yeah, I wasn't. Wasn't too impressed with Allers. Yeah, that's six three two twenty eight. He's he's kind of like built like a like a high school nose tackle. Like like that two twenty eight. He is there. You can see it. He looks thick. Yeah, he does. I, I think he wears like you know the flak jacket too, so it kind of adds to it. But still, he looks he looks like he could be playing a D line in grade nine. But anyways, um, yeah. That, that, and then you know the, he's a lefty also, and you get the, the super wonky throwing motion. Uh, so, so I had to give him the Jerry Lorenzen comp. Mini Jerry Lorenzen. Love it. Love it. Okay. Uh, can I can I say Clayton Toon better than I expected? He he's a good runner. Yeah, I was I was he I didn't know well. that really. And the arm's not bad. Lots of wobbly throws. But the, he gets the ball. CFL future maybe. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, it's not bad. It was better than I anticipated. Okay, moving to the running backs. This is another group where I don't have a draftable. Do you have, have any draftables? Yeah, I have a late draftable on uh, Cincinnati. I'm a Cincinnati fan, Jerome Ford. Uh, I like Jerome okay. Ford. So, I think he 
maybe similar to Ritter, he looks the part. He has the physical tools mm-hmm. that you look for, and he's an Alabama transfer. Um, like, and, and I don't know, you throw on that Georgia game, and yeah. you see some of his explosiveness at 215, and he was splitting, well, he, he was like getting 30, 30% of the touches uh, with Jared Dokes there last year, your boy. Yep. Um, now, giving him that feature back role in Cincinnati, I think they're, he's another guy who's a clear path to being draftable. I don't have a draftable grade on him yet. I want to see more. But, yeah, again, the the size and the athleticism, like the, the combo of the contact balance and burst got me excited. Um, I want to see him uh, kind of find holes and create for himself a little better. Yeah, the vision is, is something I want to see more of. I want to see him kind of make guys miss – uh, more frequently, and I just want to see him be. And it, it was hard for him last year because he again he wasn't the starter. I want to see him do more on passing downs, get be more involved in that in that aspect of the game. But yeah, I, I understand why you would have a draftable. No, I think those critiques are very fair. I just you know he's well built at five eleven two fifteen. Uh, you see the hard running, he lowers his shoulder, and like you said, the bursts looks really good. He's kind of got like a like a gliding speed to him, especially for that size. And uh, like you said, throwing the Georgia game. He had a seventy-nine yard touchdown run. He he outran the Georgia defense. So when you're yeah, he he eliminated angles. Yeah, yeah. So when you're in a in the group of five, hashtag power six, and you're you know you're outrunning uh, one of the better SEC defenses. Uh, that that really impresses me. I, so I just have a late day three on him right now, like a sixth seventh. Uh, but I definitely can see him you know pushing himself off the board a bit. My favorite back actually was um, Ulysses Bentley from SMU. My second Not only because he has the best name, but <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, he, he he's undersized, 5'10", 184. But I liked it. I like he he consistently I thought created for himself because he has yeah. pretty good vision. Like does a good job pressing the line, finding crevices and holes and hitting them. Uh, his kind of short area quickness. He's got some wiggle to him. Yeah. Um, and I I mean. Two things I want to see from him because his pathway to the NFL at that size is going to be as a satellite back. All right, I want to see him just get more opportunities in the passing game. And I want to see him um, break more arm tackles. Like the contact balance isn't isn't fantastic, but I, I don't know. I, I can see a pathway to him, for him as a satellite back. I 100% agree with you. I, I see him being draftable for not next year, but the year after 23. Uh, yeah, he, he's only a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I totally agree with everything you, you said. He's quick. Uh, the burst is there. He can make a lot of guys miss in the hole, but the contact balance, a little lacking. And for, for a guy that's only a redshirt sophomore, I thought really nice vision for a young back. And, like you said, you want to see him use more in the passing game, but I thought his hands looked really natural. So, I think if he gets mm-hmm. the opportunity, I think he can really do it. I, I like Ulysses Bentley a lot. And then uh, one more guy I want to mention – uh, or two more, I should say. Kylan Watkins at Memphis, they just do a really good job getting their running backs involved as pass catchers. Yeah. So I, I, he's really small. But that got me excited for uh, potentially a larger role for him this year, um, just as a pass catching back. And then I thought Cameron Carroll it's runs big. hard and has some some nifty quickness to him for that size i i, I thought but he he's not even um expected like he's not even expected to be the starter this year so that that kind of works against it or i i guess the bell cow um because the the back they had last year in the first three games let me find his name i can't even think of it um in the in the first three games he was like unstoppable uh ty j spears and then he tore his ACL, but he he's a name to watch. Who he was just he's been hurt his first two years at Tulane. But Spears and, and Carroll are an interesting combo to to think about uh, as we get into the season. Yeah, I uh, for Carroll, I think like the tools are there. He kind of to me it felt like he needed the space to really get anything done. But like he's six foot two twenty five, you kind of expect that. Uh, for Watkins, yeah, he's like he's what five eleven one seventy. He's lean. He's kind of slippery. He's got the burst. He's got the legit hands, like he said. Um, he's an interesting guy. It's going to be fun to see him get a lot of touches. Uh, I like the, the UCF back, too. Bentavis Thompson, who is kind of like yeah. 6'1", 197. He's a bit upright, more of a one-cut style, yeah. but can make you miss in yeah. the hole. Uh, solid burst. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. He just hasn't had a lot of opportunities because he's yeah. been behind um, Adrian Killens and 
all the guys. Greg McRae and all the tiny running backs. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he, especially with um, Gus Malzahn coming over, I'm excited to see what type of role he has in this offense this year. He he does feel like he, a pretty Malzahn back, to, to be honest. Yeah, that that I, I always like those those kind of upright one cut guys. Um, moving to wide receiver, I, I like this group a fair amount. I, I ended up with three draftables. Uh, I got two. Okay, who's your number one guy? Uh, Reggie Robertson. I, I kept it pretty simple here. So obviously the. Basically, at this point in time, I feel like the only big question with him is health. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he tore his ACL uh, early October, but it was in the middle of a five-catch, 243-yards, two-touchdown performance. It was literally in the play process of a big catch and run. Um, he's, you know, legit speed. He's a legit deep threat. Uh, you throw it on like you I know. Go ahead, yeah. I I think the, the, the most impressive thing, because – the speed is obviously the number one thing you notice and the ability to just rip open a game. Yeah. But his his tracking ability and mm-hmm. his his uh adjustment skills, body control yep. and, and through traffic too, like he makes some he'll have he'll have some concentration drops on, on ones that should be gimmies, but he'll make some freaking fantastic grabs too. Yeah, I know for sure. And I I think he's got a nice release repertoire. Um yeah. it's not just yep. the speed killing guys, he, he's creating separation from the line and then it's over anyways. Um, and then after the catch, he'll make some guys miss. Uh, not 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 going to break tackles or anything, but the speed is, is he's, the he's, X factor. He's not one of those wiry no he's uh, speed guys either. Like he's yeah. yeah he's built well yeah for sure. Um, I do want to see him uh, again. This is kind of just with the offenses. I I want to see him run more diverse uh, yeah. retry, but like I don't know the, the combination of you know he's a, a explosive athlete. And you mentioned that release repertoire, which with that was the footwork. Like I think the things are there for him to be a, a like he's probably a better route runner than he gets to show. Yeah, you know what he um, he, he kind of remind me of Josh Palmer, and like if if we see where Palmer went, I, I think like Roberson's probably better than him. I I, I think Ro- Roberson, if again this all comes down to the health yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, but he's got everything to be a day two guy. Right? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I got a fourth round grade uh, on him right he, now. Again, it's the summer, so oh, I, me too. I totally agree. Yeah. Me too. Um, my number one receiver is not him though. Whoa. I love Calvin Austin. Oh really? Okay. All right. I wasn't too impressed. Let's let's talk about it. Did two games. Um, so not a ton of time, but two games. Five nine one sixty two, so that's a bit of a concern. I thought his release repertoire was the best. Uh, of the group, consistent hands. I thought he's the most consistent route runner. He does everything pretty well. I I, I think traffic and, and the catch radius are two things that I'm concerned about. Um, but I, I, he is just so quick in and out of breaks. He's explosive after the catch in the open field, and the release repertoire. He's just he's winning at the snap, just because he like no one can press him even though he's tiny. He, he plays Z, he plays slot. I don't know. I just, if he is, I need him to be heavier, but I liked a lot of what I saw with him. Okay, so so I'm going to frame it like this. We had Kelvin Austin, who's 5'9", 162. And we also have UCF's Jalen Robinson, who's 5'9", 163. I came away feeling like Calvin Austin is way smaller than Jalen Robinson. And not like physically, just the way they play. I, I, I felt his lack of size. and that kind of Jalen Robinson me. seems taller. Yeah, he does. He does legit. He he's he he probably looks a little taller. Like realistically, I think Austin's probably smaller than what he's listed, and Robinson's probably accurate. Yeah. But I think Robinson plays bigger, and that's why he's my number two guy. I got like a, a mid day three grade on him. For me, Austin, I just there was a couple of plays where it, I just felt like his catch radius was limited, and it kind of. Well, he, there there was one big one. I I I think it might have been SMU. Yeah, I think I think where. It was, it yeah. should have it should have been six. Like he had ten steps on the DB, yeah. but because of that catch radius, he he just couldn't get like I think he, like hit his fingertips. That it, was that was the one that really yeah, like, like he just didn't mouth. yeah yeah like he just couldn't. And then see, and it's hard to blame that ball. Yeah, the throw was fine. Um, and then to me, that's like if if you don't have that catch radius, I I don't think he's got that like real second gear. Like I think Jalen Robinson's a better athlete than him too. So that's why Jalen Robinson mm-hmm. is. Uh, He's got big, big speed. 
Yeah. He, uh, you see it. His you ability see that to separate. Gear. Yeah. Yeah, and like he's a his. There's one play against Georgia Tech. I think it was just a five or a nine route down the left sideline where he just ate the DB's cushion. Yeah. And the DB the DB was like on him in phase, but as the ball approached, he just got two more steps on the guy. Yeah, like he, he just has that extra gear kick in. Hundred percent, you see it um, a lot too. That just like, and you know what's I find kind of fun. Um, some guys they they really only use it at the at the catch point or at the you know deep route and the last just a separate, which is amazing too. But I think Jalen Robinson kind of knows how to um, use it in his route at times, just to kind of separate vertically and it's already over. Um, you also see him make contested catches. Uh, there was a touchdown against Memphis where he was literally passing their fear. The flags were coming out. Um, he made a jumping, jumping catch. Uh, so like that, that just kind of like, I watched them back to back too. So just seeing what the Austin's limitations and then Robinson with was faster and better at the contested stuff that just, um, it, you know, it's kind of like a funny contrast and it really, it made me like Robinson even more. The, the, the things that were with Robinson were ball skills. Um, like similar to Roberson in terms of like, he'll make them more of the wows of catch, but he'll drop ones he yeah. should have. Um, I also don't think his release repertoire worries me just at that size. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, it's not all that creative. It's interesting that both Roberson and Robinson are Big 12 transfers to the AAC with, obviously, Roberson from West Virginia and Robinson from Oklahoma. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, anyone else really tickle your fancy, Rob? Not Not for this year, but I think Rasheed Rice got something to him. Yeah, go ahead. Talk, you, I, you I, think, I think... I mean, SMU's been kind of churning out receivers. Yeah. Roberson's next. I think Rasheed Rice is the guy after that to pay attention to. He just kept making plays against Texas State, and I, I liked a lot of what I saw. He seemed like a really complete receiver. Um, oh, one thing that popped in my head when I was watching Alec Pierce was that he's uh, this year's Ben Skronik, perhaps. Yeah, I don't I don't hate Alec Pierce. He's kind of fun. I don't have a draftable, but I like yeah. him. I like him. Like, like he's six three two thirteen, like you said, Ben Skaronic. Um and he's like bigger body possession guy, but then he's also yeah. got like the downfield, uh some crazy catches he made last year. He can get down and, and make the tough catches. So I, I, I think he's fun. I, I would like to see him get, get used more, just just deep shots. I also want to shout out East Carolina slot, Tyler Sneed, who is five seven. Really good return man. And they use him in all kinds of ways. I watch him throw a touchdown against SMU. I, saw that, yeah. I, I just think he's he's just really fun. I think yeah. if he was bigger, we'd be talking about him a little bit, a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, no, he's he's got legit clicks. I, I, I like Tyler Snead. The, yeah, the other ECU receiver is is six two two thirty six CJ Johnson. He's he's well funny built, but uh, not that good. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're hilarious beside each other. I know. Uh, awesome. Okay, jumping to t- tight end. Any draft tools for you? Uh no. How about you? Me neither. Did you? Did anyone get you really excited? Uh, not really. Like, I, I think I think Josh Wiley. I think there's something there to yeah. him, the Cincinnati tight end. He's 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 the one I think. You just in terms of his size, and, and you yeah. saw some of that speed against UCF, especially after the catch. You get them in the ball in space. He makes some pretty big um, contested catches at times. Yes, exactly. Like he's a guy who again, I don't think it'll be this year, but maybe next year we're talking about him a little bit more. Just. The size and the athleticism, um, and ball skills are, are, are fun. Uh, Agreed. But he's really raw. He's really raw, and they don't really ask him to block. Yeah. Um. Sean Dykes isn't bad. That's SMU, who's he's six two two twenty four. He's an H back. Yeah. Dykes is like a Trey Burton type of yeah. tight end, in in terms of like, yeah, he's an H back. You move around. He can do some fun things. Hey, um, through, through the whole draft process, we kept hearing, oh, teams want this type of tight end now, blah blah. blah. So maybe. Maybe he can he can gather he can definitely move and I uh, he's not great blocking game line but he's a, he's good as a lead blocker. Yeah, he is. No, that, that's fair. He's a, he's an interesting for today's NFL. He's an interesting yeah. H back fullback type of move player to maybe keep Slide. an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, we want to jump to O line then. Let's do it. Sorry, I was taking a drink. <laughs> you you're just so overwhelmed by all this fun AAC talk. I, love, I can't. It, it fucked me up. You insulting off the top. Uh, I don't think you can <laughs> insult Tulsa's Tyler Smith, your top offensive lineman. Yes. No. Oh, but good guess. Is is he like your Tyler top? One? I like Tyler Smith. Yeah. I He's do. he. Okay, I would say my two top offensive linemen were my two 
biggest pleasant surprises probably of this. Um, Tyler Smith's really good. He is good. Let's start with him. 6'5", 332, only a redshirt sophomore. Tons of pop in those hands. Great mm-hmm. anchor. Really powerful left tackle at Tulsa. Um, and, and, and a dude who puts people in the dirt. Yep. I think like he has all the makings of being a, a potential starting guard in the NFL. One day. Agreed. Yeah, so like he's playing left tackle at Tulsa. At that size, you're moving him inside. But he's a body mover. Lots of strength. Uh, he's he's pr- they they pull him a lot, and he's good at it. Yeah, he's, they do. He's always finding someone to hit, and I like seeing that because, you know, tackles don't often pull super much, but you know, guards you're gonna ask them to do that. So that's already a good sign for projecting him to the next level, and for for a guy that's always a retro sophomore. Um, uh, it's not super technical in pass pro, but he's 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 a he's a mauler man. Like he fights, and I think you you see like for a guy that's six five three thirty two, you see a lot of solid quickness for for a guy that size just pick like you know uh crashing down the line and then picking up a blitzer you can handle a lot of that stuff um i really came away impressed like i already have like a like a midday three grade on him he's not coming out this year i'm sure of it but in a couple years i there's 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 a dude there i think he 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 almost he reminded me a bit of um trey smith at tennessee playing left tackle Ooh, that's just interesting. Okay. The the size, the pop in his hands, the the SOB mm-hmm. just out strength guys. Like just muscle and dudes to the ground. Um I think you you, you kinda hit the, the nose on the head. Like he, he he obviously has a left tackle, which I don't think that's his spot, but like he doesn't yep. have the feet to stay there. Um he can get he can get a little bit high and uh, I don't think he's a fantastic athlete, but I, I love him as a left guard. Yeah. No, I agreed, agreed. But, like, again, for a guy his size, I'm not saying he's a big-time athlete, but seeing any type of quickness for, like, a younger college player that that size, especially when you're not watching yeah. a a, group, um, a Power 5 guy, like, it's different when you throw on a Georgia offensive lineman and you expect them to be big and they're a five-star and blah, blah, blah. But when you do when you see it with this, it gets you a little more excited. Yeah, 100%. Uh, my, my, my top guy is uh, Memphis Ray tackle Dylan Parham. He's, he's my second guy. I think they were, they okay. were clearly so I the think, best, too. Y- yes. And, then, and for different reasons. Tyler Smith, just a, a brawler. Yeah. Parham, I, and, and you mentioned this to me uh, off show, that he, he went to Memphis as a tight end, and, and he's still got to add weight. He's only 6'3", 285 right now. Yeah. But you can tell he was a former tight end, but just how his feet are so soft. Yeah. And he is so quick. He is, where Smith's just killing dudes in, in, in the run game, Parham is just... I thought his mirroring ability was awesome, especially for yeah. a guy who's just new to, to the position. And his feet so soft, always reaching his landmarks. I thought he played with pretty good leverage, and he's got some natural leverage because he's not the, the tallest guy. Yep. Um, now, w- what I do worry about is him in the run game. I, I need him to be his hand placement, and he needs more power behind his hands. And I was kind of surprised he didn't work to the second level in the run game it, it, as well as you'd expect from a, such an athletic guy. But... Overall, that his natural ability and pass protection mm-hmm. got me quite excited. Yeah, and I think I think in the run um, there was some potential. I think you can get see him get to his spot, kind of like as a down blocker. He can do some pretty good jobs clearing. Um, pretty good. Yeah, blocking. he looked good pulling too. Yeah, good, I was about to say good good blocking on the move, blocking in space. Um, but yeah, I can see just you know straight ahead working to the second level, uh, something to work on there. But you know he's he's raw. Um, I think I think so. Jim Nagy sent a tweet out, one of his famous tweets about him, um, and I think he kind of hinted at it when he said he's got the brain to play center um, because at six three two eighty five, you look yeah. at him and he kind of already like it's not just purely the numbers. He looks like he has a center's body, and using that well, movement my, ability at center could be really really something to watch for. My big concern with him is he doesn't really have the length that you look mm. for as a tackle. Yep. He doesn't have necessarily that power yes. and, and, and thickness to him that you look for in a guard, but I do like that, the thought of him being a center at the next level. That's a really interesting. Yeah, you and got, that's why Jim Nagy is the best, the best in the biz. He's the best in the biz. And he, he kind of was just kind of like a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge to uh, to us at, at seven rounds and He was like, hey, think about this. Maybe something to keep your eye on uh, next year's senior bowl. Um. Any other linemen get you too excited? Not really. I think th- those two guys were fun. Um, I really enjoyed yeah, well, Tyler Smith. It, it hurts. I feel like it hurts the other guys where 
I, I think I started with Tyler Smith and I finished with Parham and it just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought J- Jalen Thomas is a, a guy who just, he doesn't have the length. He, he's pretty a good athlete though. Donovan Jennings is really powerful left tackle at USF. Um, sincere Hainsworth, just moving to the interior, sincere Hainsworth at, uh, at T- Tulane. Uh, he's an interesting zone center, six one three ten lock size, but I, I, I liked his, his natural leverage and his ability to move in space. Hain- I, I thought he, my he, guy, yeah. yeah, okay. Like I thought the same, I thought he really fit what Tulane's doing too. Um, I, I, so yeah, that's a guy I, I don't have a draftable or anything, but yeah. Maybe you got to watch for it next year. Agreed. Well, you know what you should be watching for this year, AJ? What's that, Rob? Spotify Green Room for when your favorite podcast hosts go live and talk about the Stanley Cup being dented by those heathens in Tampa. Yeah, remember, remember the lady who was like the granddaughter of the guy who made the Lombardi trophy was all upset at Tom Brady? Oh, oh yeah. She's on my Spotify green room this week talking about how pissed off she is with Stanley Cup. Oh, what? A, how did you get her? Oh, she's a, she's very available. She's just she's just begging oh, to go on she... Spotify green room. <laughs> In Spotify green room, you're thinking to yourself, "What's that?" And I'll tell you, it's a live audio only sports talk platform. Of course, it's free to download and to use. And it's the best way to talk to your favorite people in sports media and other fans and athletes and insiders in real time. If you're still listening, you've probably already heard me read all this before, so I'll just get to it. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android app store and create a profile and link your Twitter and join the group. That's all you got to do. It's called Spotify Green Room. You know who else is green, AJ? Uh, USF players. Tulane Green Wave. Oh, That's correct. Tulane too. Yeah. And my my number one interior defensive lineman comes from Tulane. Now you're thinking to yourself, Rob. Last year you um, wouldn't shut up about Can Sample. Are you just obsessed with Tulane? The answer is yes. And you loved uh, Tenzel Smart. I did. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Johnson at Tulane. I thought he he was my only interior guy who um, I gave a draft bull to. Uh, he is my third guy, but I didn't, I didn't have any draftables. Okay. So what I, I think Jeffrey Johnson's combo, he's a nose tackle at Tulane, 6'3", 330. Tons of power. I think plays with great leverage, holds a point well. The strength, uh, and, and I think some surprising bull rush to push the pocket mm-hmm. got me excited. I liked his, um, his quickness off the snap. Not going to add, like, doesn't have pass rush moves or anything. It's bull rush or nothing. Um, but I like him as a, as a potential NFL nose tackle. Uh, speaking of nose tackles, I I, I, I like the Tulsa duo. Um, he Stevenson's my number two. Jackson Player's my number three. Okay, so we, we reversed it. Stevenson's my two as well. Player's my number one. Let's let's talk Stevenson, who is six, I did okay. Go ahead. Stevenson six three three fifty one. Yeah, he's a big boy. And he he's a guy who. I think less athleticism yes. than Johnson. Yeah. Better uh, just eating space, though. Yeah, he, he commands the attention with his size. He's, he's a space eater. So, like, even when he's not, like, they run that, that three-man front a lot. Even when he's not <laughs> generating any pass rush, it's like the three interior offensive linemen are, are trying to handle him, which is kind of kind of fun. So, like, he's not, he's not going to really get to the quarterback, but just commanding that space, I, I like uh, Jackson Player is a guy that uh, popped to me watching a lot of Tulsa games last year. He had a really productive year. He's only six foot two ninety, um, but like he feels like he, he's well built. He's kind of got that like that smaller frame but well built frame, um, like a strong build. He, he's slippery. He's he's quick. He's always getting into the backfield. Really good motor. He's playing five tech and he <clears throat> he's generating pass rush from that spot. So it's inside outside. I, I don't think, like, I, I, again, I don't have a draftable on him, so I, it's not like I think he's yeah. he's amazing. But I, he's a guy I like to get into camp and uh, see what you got there. Yeah, it, it's nice that he, he'll he he'll take steps at 5-tech. He'll play 4-eye. Yeah. He'll play nose even. Um, he, my, I just didn't think he had that much juice to him. I, I thought it, he had pretty active hands and it, it, leverage and some quickness, but... Just not very explosive off the snap. Um, and I just thought he was getting blown out of the water a lot of the time in the run game. 
And like, that comes I, back I can, to his size. Yeah, he's not super explosive, but like I think he kind of makes up for it a bit with like the quickness. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, I, no, no one really jumped off f- from the IDLs. Uh, who's your top edge guy? <laughs> I mean, my my Jay Sanders is my number one AAC prospect. Okay, he's he's my number two. Is wait is Roberson your one? No, he's not. Uh, Ma Gardner is. Oh damn! I didn't mean to spoil it, AJ. Shoot, I, I forgot. I know. Damn. Uh, <laughs> well, now that the listener can turn off the show, fuck. <laughs> Gardner, Sanders, Roberson's my top three. Anyways, uh, uh, Sanders. So six five two fifty eight. Um, he he was the the big name. Kind of shocked some people that he returned. I'm glad he returned to Cincinnati, because I am too. Yeah. I think phys- physically, like he looks the part of a first round NFL pass rusher. Yeah. And the athleticism is there. He wins a ton with just being way more athletic than the guys trying to block him. Uh, and he plays his ass off, which I also love. But he is really raw in terms of pass rush plan. Yes. I think he's, he, he, like there's not a lot going on with his hands right now. A lot of the time he's just out-athleting and just getting getting the jump on a tackle and getting underneath him and, and winning on the outside. I, I want to see him use those hands. In, in, in his length in general a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, he's twitchy. He's long. He plays hard as hell. He's really good against the run. Uh, I, I think he does a really good job consistently setting the edge. He always finds work. I, at one point, I watched him work. I think it was against ECU where he was on uh, lined up against the left tackle, and, and they ran, like, outside zone behind the right tackle. And he worked his way down the line off a block and, and ended up making, like, a, a run stop. I think it was, like, a one-yard run. But it was just really impressive. His, and he, it, I thought the length really stood out there, too, in terms of making an open field tackle on a back like that. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think he is, like, a no-doubt top 50 guy or anything right now. But I can see him getting there just if he can work on that pass rush play. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I Like, I have a early day three grade on him right now. Um this is not a comp but watching him uh kind of gave me gregory russo vibes where i think you kind of said a lot of it already where he's he feels more slippery than he does like actually winning with his hands and that's because he's athleting guys um and he's also got that like that long build but like that swimmer's build where he's wide shoulders uh narrow through the body which it i'm not i'm just pointing out it's it's a lot of really good pass rushers have that build um like you said, great work rate. The motor is great. Um, lots of good plays against the run. I, I definitely like my Jay Sanders. Um, I almost feel like he's not 260, but I, he definitely has the frame for it. Uh, so regardless, he, I, I think he'll he, get there. He is lean. Yeah, he is lean. lean. He's lean. He's lean. Um, yeah, I like again, I have, a, I have a fourth on him right now. I, uh, But like I, I definitely see him being able to get into the day two conversation easily. Anyone else from the edges that stood out to you? Not, not, not particularly. You. I just want. I just want to speak on Big Cat Bryant. I knew you would. I, I knew you would. Be, because we've been talking about him partially because of his name and because there's always like Auburn always have pass rushers who Nick Coe comes to mind who like weren't that good but like <laughs> yeah. were in first round mocks. Uh, well, Big Cat left Auburn. He's at UCF now. He followed Gus Malzahn. I like that. He. This is his chance. He is 6'5", he's 250. You throw on the tape at Auburn, and you can see why he was a big recruit. Like, he's built well and he's twitchy. Yes. He needs to take take over the AAC, and, like, I can I can see a pathway to him being a day three guy if he can dominate at that level. Cause uh, yeah, 100%. He get, like, you, he's explosive you... and he plays hard. Yeah, no, for sure. And when he got a name like that, too, and... I think it's a good move. I think moving to following Gus to UCF is a smart move for, for the old big cat. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, linebackers. I wasn't really, really – no one really got me excited from this group. How about you? Well, the problem is the guys who do get me excited, it's always like, Special well, they needs? can't actually cover. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. like I'm getting excited because like, they're getting downhill and thumping. Yeah, and they're playing hard, and then but they can't cover. So it's like, can does that really do anything for me? And it's just like, maybe special teams. Uh, Diego at Navy, I like him a little bit. 
it's it's funny with a group of five linebackers because there's a lot of productive good college football players in the group but like it's always you know either they're super undersized or they're old school thumpers and i I just want to say how how cool it was to have zayvon collins last year because it feels like he's totally bucked the trend and almost makes you wonder how he ended up at tulsa you know what's funny is um i was watching the other tulsa linebacker uh, I, I guess there's a couple different times when I was watching uh, guys on that Tulsa defense, and like Zavian Collins just kept popping off the yeah. screen. It sucks that yeah, they was... lost uh, to Caleb Evans and what's the other corner's name? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, bo- both at Missouri though. Yeah, that's which is fun. really fucking cool, especially when they had that. You know, their defense was awesome last year. So I think that's a really yeah, cool. Just move, following but the DB coach sucks for our, the America's team, Tulsa. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Cincinnati, it just feels like they churn it. Like there's linebackers who are super productive, and yeah. none of them are going to play in the NFL. But it's just like kind of a product of the system. Yes, um, agreed. <laughs> the, but yeah, the Navy linebacker plays hard as hell, and he makes some big run stops. I I, I thought he looked pretty good against BYU, but yeah, he, like he just kind of like stands around, uh, like in the uh, like. He doesn't cover anyone. He he covers green was kind of my takeaway from him on passing down. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But, yeah, none of the linebackers anything. Okay, let's get to your top guy, Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Uh, at Cincinnati, at the corner, um, there's been talk. I've seen some people on Twitter being like, oh, the hype's not real. And then I've seen some people, like, being like, potential number two corner in the class after Derek Stingley. Um, I don't, like... I right right now, sure he's not a first round guy, but everything there, like he, him and my Jay Sanders are just look like SEC dudes playing in the AAC. Yeah, I agree. I I don't have a first round grade on him right now, but no, um, me me neither, me neither. If you were to ask me if come April you think I will, I think I will. Um, yeah, you he know is, me. Usually he's I your type of I corner don't jump too. Into the hype, but I I I feel it. I, I love. Him. They play a ton of cover one and cover three, so you get to see him press man. You get to play yeah. see him uh, play some press zone, and he uses that length really well. He's, he's long and lean, six two one eighty eight. Um, I think he's more natural than man. Uh, I, I think in zone, um, he can kind of get lost in the sauce sometimes, uh, uh, and it doesn't always trust his eyes. Yeah, but like he's so fluid for that. Like he moves unbelievably well for a six two corner. Yeah. Um, just the hips are so oily and loose. The feet are pretty clean. Um, he he's he's not a ultra aggressive guy in, in, in press. He does a good job mirroring. He's not like blowing guys up at the line, but he 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 he's patient and mirrors well. Yep, um, exactly. He's also a will like I thought he was a pretty willing tackler. Totally agree. You hit you hit it all. I I think kind of perfectly. So from from the top, me. long, well built. Check check check. Uh, like you said, mirrors beautifully. Uh, uses his hands really well. It, it, to me, it almost felt like like he controls the route. His hands were almost like they're using them as a pivot point throughout the route, uh, but not grabby, not grabby at all. It's kind of just like he's just controlling the route. Um, and yeah, I was really impressed with how well he plays the run. Uh, really solid tackler. I, I like he was every time the runs come to a side, he he's involved. Uh, which at the college level, and especially for for a guy that's like a really high end cover guy. Sometimes you don't see. Um, I think he's got the click and close burst to him. I think he's got the makeup speed to him. Um, and like you said, mm-hmm. in, I think he's better in, in man than zone. Um, in zone, I think he'll kind of just jump it sometimes, especially when on the shorter routes. Um, and jump wrong. But, but just seeing that aggression is fun. And I, I definitely think he's got he's got all the tools to be first round pick. Yeah, no, he... He uh he really stood out again like him and him and my Jay Sanders especially in the defensive group where there you're not really it's not a lot of guys blowing you away I thought they were just on a different level um it's fun they're on the same defense uh did any other corners make you feel anything I like I I was interested in Marcus Jones from Houston who's that's that's my number two and he's an elite return man exactly which is also just a bonus and he's a Troy transfer so he's got that Sun Belt blood <laughs> go Trojans yeah. He's only 5'8", so next level, he's a nickel prospect. I mean, not necessarily, but probably. And, and I think the, yes. the, the tools even translate better to nickel. Uh, but, yeah, you add, you add that. I think he's pretty good in coverage, but you add that he's a really, really good return man. Uh, I think he's, he's got a good shot to, to be drafted. 
yeah um yeah i thought despite like he he did a good job kind of making you forget he was 5'8", 185. Yeah. yeah, no, I... Like, he plays bigger than he is. He tackles pretty well. I thought his feet were really clean. Good yeah. ball skills. Um, yeah. You could see the kind of the explosiveness. He, 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 he was comfortable in man coverage, which... Uh, and comfortable and confident in man coverage despite his lack of size. Uh, and then, yeah, you just throw in the return man thing, and it's such a bonus. Yeah, I think he'll end up being a day three guy. Productive, um, too, I believe, too. With ball, like ball production, too, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, moving to safety... Uh, what do you I, think? No, the thing I think those two were kind of the cream of the crop in the whole secondary. Does anyone really catch you for the safety group? Uh, okay, Brian Cook at Cincinnati. I wasn't, I, I for like he wasn't on my list, but then he kept, especially in the Georgia game, he kept flashing. So then I, I dove into him a little bit, and I like him a lot. I think, um, well, we we saw Cincinnati have two safety drafts last year. Yeah, uh, in, in James Wiggins and Derek Forrest. I think Brian Brian Cook's a kind of a guy who's going to have a a lot more on his plate this year, and he was flying against Georgia. He was making tackles in open space on running backs all over the place. He's f- like TFLs. He had an unbelievable interception. He I love his instincts. Um, I, I th- a little stiff in the hips. Feet aren't the greatest, but the the physic the physicality mixed with the um. The instincts got me excited, and, the, and again, the ball skills were pretty nice. He's six one two zero eight, so I like the size. Yeah, no, uh, fair enough. I, I didn't, I didn't really watch him. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, no, no safeties really popped up, but you can trust Cincy. <laughs> like both of those, both Wiggins and Forrest, um, and Forrest for me, kind of late in the process that I really tuned into him and really enjoyed him. Uh, so I kind of just, I trust the Bearcats. I trust them, Freeman. I mean, I know he's gone, but. Whoever he brought in, I trust them to, to make some good, to, to turn out some good players in the back end there. Um, I, I was gonna ask you about Kendarren Ray at Tulsa. Just because he's six four, he's big. Yeah, I, I, I think and he he's tackles gone. well. He's yeah, he's my top guy in in the safety group. Uh, I th- I think n- not necessarily a guy like we're banging the table for, but I I think he, that's definitely a guy to pay attention to. Agreed, and even like I don't know that Tulsa defense. I don't know if I enjoyed watching a defense more than I enjoyed watching that Tulsa defense just live through the season last year. And yeah, he, he always felt I mean, like Zavin was a big reason why. But yeah, that that secondary was a ton of fun. Yeah, no, it's obviously Zavin was a huge reason why, and I always like Player and Stevenson. But no, I the Evans and, and company there always too. But I remember Ray would always come out and, and make a make a timely play or like it's like holy shit, he's a big guy. <laughs> and yeah, you see it. It's he's fun. I think he's he's the most interesting guy of the group. All right, let's uh, let's what first before we get into our awards. Are we doing Pac twelve or Big Twelve next week? Let the people know. Uh, Pac twelve. Perfect. Uh, okay, awards. AAC champ. Is it Cincinnati again? Obviously, yeah, it's obviously Cincinnati. It's just I think the conversation is who who do you have beating them in in the championship game? Well. So I've got them. I know Gus Mel's on for first day in town. I already like. I think he's clearly a better coach than Josh Heupel. Um, it's funny that Josh Heupel jumped up the SEC and Gus Mel's on jumped down when like I would much rather have Gus Mel's on. Uh, I think the offensive weapons are there for him to immediately have success with that offense, uh, and it also helps that Tulsa loses uh, their starting quarterback yeah. and the best player in Zayvon Collins. Memphis loses their starting quarterback. SMU loses their starting quarterback. Um, so yeah. the, the, there's a lot being lost there. Tulane loses two pass rushers to the NFL. Um, so to me, I I think I was debating between UCF and Tulane, and, and I just UCF has more talent in general, and, and I love Willie Fritz, but Gus Malzahn is uh, a national championship type coach at times i uh i have cincinnati easily that feels like one of the easiest choices um yeah i also have them over ucf though i did, I did you consider anyone them. else not not intently not intently no I mean, see I, th- I think Tulane's only interesting because pratt looks so good as a freshman mm-hmm. and they return a lot um outside of patrick johnson and cam cam sample uh, but yeah, like the turnover at quarterback at the other schools just worries me because it's just such an unknown. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you don't think Grant Gunnell's going to come in and shine? You don't think uh, Tanner Mordecai is going to take command of the Mustangs and shine there? Uh, okay, my question to you now is, who are we more likely to be talking about as a prospect, Gunnell or, or Mordecai? <laughs> Uh, Mordecai. Um, watch out, Preston Stone, the the four star freshman at SMU is coming in and taking his job. He might. Yeah. I I honestly feel like Navy having just a bounce back is also like pretty reasonable to believe, just because it's Navy. You know what? I, if if I had to pick, um, I, I think I would go SMU after UCF. Well, in terms of. Just again, the quarterback position is the unknown. But in terms yeah. of just like pure talent, like what, like offensive skill wise, yes. They and got they've Grant, recruited. We haven't mentioned Grant Calcutta is going over from Oklahoma too. After yeah, off. yeah. Uh, the, it's just they've recruited so well. Like they've, I mean, Sonny Dykes has done an unbelievable job getting talent out of the transfer portal, as you mentioned, uh, Grant Calcutta. Yeah. Um, but they've also been recruiting just better than everybody. Like Cincinnati and SMU are recruiting at a different level. Than they, they just got a right five-star receiver too, right? Yeah, Hudson. He he he's composite four-star because ESPN has him ranked as like the twelfth overall player. But I think uh, okay two four seven has has him like a hundred and something. Ooh. But he he's a consensus like composite top one fifteen guy. Oh, and they they got his teammate too, who's also a, a four-star top one fifteen guy who plays safety. And DC, the new DC coming to town, Jim Levitt. I always trust Jim. Yeah, Levitt. that's the other big bounce. Yeah, yeah no, I, I I love what what SMU is doing. You know what, Power Six, I'm, you've you've changed my mind. <laughs> okay, good, but yeah, I think, but yeah, I, think I, I, I think that's if if anyone's gonna kind of, I I don't think they're really going to, but I think if anyone's gonna be it, jumping over UCF, I think it's them. Uh, but yeah, like for all the reasons you said, I think Gus Malzahn's a really good football coach. The talent's still there. I, I also, think Dylan Gabriel is. To me, the second best quarterback in the conference, and after him, it's it's not close. So, um. I also want to point out like how far Temple has fallen. Yeah, what the hell happened there? Matt Rule. When Matt Rule left. <laughs> they, they like, but like even but before Matt Rule was there, like they done. They've been productive. They've had other like. Remember when Al Golden was there? They've had Tem- other. Temple was always like Pete? a stepping stone uh, to a Power Five. Coaching yeah. Players. Now, we'll say they do have Dwan Mathis, the Georgia quarterback, stepping in. So, AAC, it's full of transfer quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. We didn't we didn't mention uh, Jaron Williams going to USF, who was a four-star. Uh, apparently, Miami. he's going to lose the job. He's going to lose the job to, um, can't even think of his name, North Carolina transfer. North Carolina. I was reading about it. Yeah. I I, I, the talents, but that's not that's not a bad problem to have though. I think Jalen Williams got some talent too, right? So if he's losing, yeah, no, it's a good sign. Yeah, no, but the, and just like that's why I'm just thinking about all these teams right now. Like we've mentioned, Cincy, Tulsa, Memphis, UCF, SMU, uh, like Houston, Navy, Tulane. I feel like any of them could be the third. Yeah, this year, and East Carolina. I mean, Mike Houston's whatever, but there's some. Stuff to talk about there. And I think South Florida is once they figure out the quarterback thing. Jeff Scott's there. Like, there's some I, hope. Just Temple miss, doesn't really have any. Yeah, I miss USF being good. For the record, um, Fe- fell off so quick. Yeah, okay, quick, quickly. AAC offensive player of the year. I'm gonna go with Desmond Ritter. It's really hard to pick against him when you just assume since he's gonna be the top G5 school in general. Uh, he's coming off a year where he threw for over 2,000 yards, ran for over 500, had uh, over 30 touchdowns in 10 games. Like, And you just assume he's only going to get better too. So it's it's really hard to pick against that. Um, so I'm with you there. And, and defensive player of the year. Um, even though Ahmad Gardner sauce is my top guy, I'm going to pick my Drew Sanders. Yeah, it just makes more sense to go with the pass rusher. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, 10 games last year, 31 tackles, 10.5 TFLs, 7 sacks, five, 5 pass breakups, which we didn't even mention. He gets his hands on a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think pr- pretty – those are the, those two have to be the favorite. I mean, uh, offensive player is a little more interesting just because Dylan Gabriel, you kind of assume, is going to put up some monster numbers. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but, like, there's not even a running back that you're really looking at there. It's kind of those two at quarterback, and that's it. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like – 
I think Ford's the top guy, but he's going to be overshadowed by Ritter in that offense. Um, Ulysses is always – by the way, he's just Ulysses. <laughs> it's, it's SMU, so, you know, he's never going to put up amazing numbers. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay. Before we get out of here, any guesses for Town of the Week? It's Tulsa, America's town, America's team. That's, that's the correct answer. So you, you would think with the setup off the top it would be? I'm not that I'm not that bright. No. But it's funny um, because I was thinking for when 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 I asked that question, I had Tulsa in my mind. Ooh. I um, yeah. Well, you know I love the Carolinas. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a folk hero in Gamecock country, at least. You are. Um. <laughs> so I, I, I and you you and I have to, East Carolina. I always mix up what conference they're at. I know. And the pirates and they're purple and Lincoln Riley came from there and I don't know I just I've always found East Carolina interesting Chris Johnson like yeah you know they're always one of the so, great NCAA teams to uh, to build with yes yes big time what city are um, they in I I see, I can never remember what city they're in do you want to guess or do you want me to just tell you no tell me the city I can't think of it Greenville North oh, Carolina fuck, of course Greenville okay. Can I guess the population? Yes, yes, please. Greenville. I don't know a lot about Greenville. Um, Seventy-nine thousand two hundred sixteen. Ninety-three thousand four hundred. It's not that bad. I was I was I wasn't too far off. <laughs> yeah. So home to the East Carolina Pirates, who play at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, of course, uh, which opened in nineteen sixty-three. So that's got to be one of the older stadiums. One of the older ones that like doesn't get credit for being old either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was named after James Skinner Ficklin, who's the owner of Greenville's E.B. Skinner Tobacco Company. Okay, well, that's, pretty that's, sick. Yeah, it is pretty sick. <laughs> um, some notable alumni, uh, of course, Ruffin McNeil, who was uh, Lincoln Riley's mentor and former East Carolina head coach in I Love Ruffin McNeil. Uh, Vonta Leach, obviously. I forgot about that. Uh, Vince and Linda McMahon of the WWE. I didn't, I didn't know that. And, of course, as everybody knows, Sandra Bullock. Really? I also didn't know that. Well, here's a fun fact. Notable people from Greenville. She's from Greenville. I didn't know she was a Carolina gal. Yeah, is she rising in your actor rankings now? No, 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 not at all. She's firmly at 42nd. That's pretty good. It's a lot of actors. Yeah. Uh, Other people from Greenville. Algie Crumpler. Algie had the biggest ass in the NFL. That's what I always thought as a kid. I love Algie Crumpler so much. Yeah. Uh, Someone named Mr. Beast, who's a YouTuber, is from Greenville. I also I know the name. I don't know what he does. Uh, was a YouTuber. Uh, Rodney <laughs> yeah. Purvis of the NBA. Okay. And of course, Joe West, the greatest Major League Baseball umpire in the history of baseball. <laughs> he is. Thanks, Joe. Okay, so maybe maybe you're thinking, why did Rob pick this? Like, not, this isn't that good. Although Sandra Bullock and Vince McMahon were like pretty, pretty hilarious good. alumni. Yeah. Uh, but this is why. There's just so much to do in Greenville. Like, so much. First of all, did you know, Tome to the Art Lab. You're thinking, what's the Art Lab? <laughs> go to Greenville and find out. That's it? Like, maybe, just, I gotta go now? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you like to skate. Well, guess what else is in Greenville? Car- the Carolina Ice Zone. Is that where the Hurricanes play? The Hurricane? Have you have you ever sometimes you just want to be at a market? Well guess what? Briley's farmer market's there too. So so a lot to do, Rob. Uh this one kind of threw me off because it doesn't sound like a business's name, so I had to look into it because I thought it was just like a category, but no, it's a business's name. Artisans Decorative Accessories and Fine Gifts. They have the best stuff. Uh, if you're ever looking for a gift, whether it be uh Christmas, Hanukkah Arbor Day, birthdays, you gotta go to Art Sins Finding This and stuff. So, not, right now you're thinking these don't sound like great, Rob. Well, guess what? I saved the four best ones for last. Four more? Okay, yeah. 
Starting with Simply Natural Creamery Greenville. Mm. Best ice cream in the Carolinas. That's for sure. Um, maybe maybe you want to have a beer. Head on down to Uptown Brewing Company. I bet their beer probably is pretty good. I'm sure it is. Okay, the two best ones. Of, AJ, <laughs> okay. ready to have your socks blown off? You haven't named a museum yet, so I'm just waiting for, for what museums they got. There, I didn't even put the museum on this list because the list is already so long. Okay. But there is an art The Greenville Art Museum is there. Oh, one, um, of, the, one of the finest so collections board. in the country. Yes. Uh, okay, what about this? Jarvis Street Bottle Shop. Uh, what do they got? Like a brewery? Bottles. Bottles. Like, just bottles? I don't know. I didn't look into it that hard. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll sell you with this last one. You're, it's going to blow your socks off. The Extreme Park at JC Park. Oh, here we go. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What, like, what's extreme about it? Like, it's like, I don't know. Just tell me. I'm excited. Okay, have you ever wanted to be at a park? Yeah. And then you're like, this park's not that extreme? I, honestly, Rob, this is touching a nerve for me because every time I've ever been in a fucking park, I'm like, this is boring. Well, guess what? JC Park's got a whole half pipe for you to skateboard on. A half pipe? It's got some rail, uh, rails to grind on. I think there might be a park there. There looks to be some sort of like BMXing area and some slides for the kids while you BMX. I love that. I, I'm i going to say it now, right now on the show. Greenville is the skateboarding capital of the East Coast. That's a fact, and tune in next week when we tell you, as we go through the Pac-12, what the skateboarding capital of the West Coast is. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. There's, there's a lot of them. <laughs>